This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee, hand-roasted in the gold country of California. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is episode number 97, The Homeschool Budget. Oh, this is so exciting. Is it? <laughs> is it really <laughs> exciting to talk about a homeschool budget? I don't know it's, that anybody loves to talk about budgets. I actually think this is going to be a great show. I think people are going to love it because we had a great listener write in and then I wrote back to her and said, hey, could you call that in? And she recorded her question for us. It's awesome. And we're actually going to turn this into a three-part series that we're calling Financial Fear. We're going to call it the Financial Fear Suite. And there's going to be three episodes okay. on financial fear. And tonight we'll talk about the homeschool budget. But before we get there, fluff time. What do you got going for me? Oh, well, you know what I did this weekend. Of course you know what I did this weekend. I was with you. I know. <laughs> So you have this class you take down in Southern California every couple of months. A dental so, class, yeah, yes. So you can be a better dentist. Yes. And I got to go down with you this time and visit a friend of mine from high school who is a photographer in Los Angeles. And um, so I don't know. You didn't just visit the Okay, I know. I'm gonna, I'll tell more. But the thing is, I don't know if our listeners know this, but because of my theater background, and whatnot. I have all these amazing friends out there in the world who are doing incredible things like winning uh, so Tony Awards. The girl that I, <laughs> one girl that I grew up with, um, is the winningest Tony winner ever. The winningest, the winningest Tony winner? The winningest. Yeah. She has won more Tony's awards than any other woman. Miss Audrey, Audrey McDonald. Yes. Right. And so, yes, we actually grew up together, and I have the pictures to prove it. But, <laughs> um, and then others on Broadway, and then um, Fletch, yes. my boyfriend before you, is an Emmy winner. He's one of the animators behind shows like Word Girl and some other fun children's shows. And here I am. I'm like, and I just, I homeschool my kids. <laughs> but no, oh, anyways. yeah. I just so, homeschool my kids. They're my kids too. I know. They're, they're pretty awesome. awesome. They are. Sheesh. Anyway, so this friend of mine in LA is a photographer and he does um, headshots for all kinds of people that you would know. Um, stars and such, of which I am not. Um, but we hung out for several hours on Saturday morning because I had him take a bunch of pictures for me. Um, and these will be used pub publicity, you know, photos and things like that for speaking in the back of my new book coming out next year, right? Right. So anyway, um, the reason I'm telling you this is not because it was just totally awesome to sit there and have a makeup artist and, you know, all that fun stuff and feel like... I was something for the day. But I'm telling you this because we got to talking about homeschooling and he and his assistant both just like piped up about homeschooling. And and they said, you know, um, it's interesting to us because we see a lot of homeschooled kids in the business, right? Oh, in like, the so, in show business, right, yeah. A lot of celebrity kids, a lot of Hollywood, you know, TV kids, uh, movie kids, they're homeschooled for that reason so that they can keep a set schedule and all of that kind of stuff. And I said... 
oh, and, and what, you know, what's your opinion? What do you see? And they both paused and they kind of looked at each other and they said, they're just not getting a good education. Oh, funny. And I said, oh, really? Funny. What, you know, yeah. yeah, tell me about that. And they said, well, like, seriously, these kids don't do school or something. Like, they put in their hour or two or whatever per day, but they're really not well-educated. And and I just thought that was super interesting. Um, and I said, you know, there's, there is a large portion of the homeschool community that's very serious about education, and they're not homeschooling necessarily for religious reasons. And if they are, if they are homeschooling because they feel like God's called them to do that, they're very serious about their kids' education. So I'm always bummed to hear that kind of thing from people. You know, their experience with homeschoolers is, mm, people aren't really very But educated. you blew their socks off. You, come on. I don't Once think you started I blew talking about off. it, they were like, we want to have a homeschool mom like you. <laughs> That's well, too late. They yeah. They're my age. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> so, that's a cool story. I like yeah, that one. Yeah, just sort of interesting. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's one of those things that I don't know how many of our listeners are Californians or from the heart of uh, Hollywood and that whole industry, but it's kind of fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, that is cool. Well, my fluff time is very fluffier than that. Okay. I don't know. That was fluffy. Was I deep? I no, 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 okay. no. That was just <laughs> like a story, though. It was like a long story. Yeah, okay. Uh, Hurler Shauna. Uh, who you met um, speaking at a retreat for her up in, yeah. up in Northern California. Yeah. When I say Northern, I mean more Northern than us. Really Northern. Almost Oregon. Almost Oregon. Yeah. Um, she wrote, she sent in a, an email. It was a video of her son um, whipping and naining to his homeschool sister's <laughs> piano practice. What does that mean? Whipping and naining? Oh, the like, whole dance thing. Okay. You know, no, dance, I'm just yeah, saying some people well, may be like, I have no idea what you're talking true. about. True. So, I, I hate saying this, but look it up on Google. Whip, nay, nay. You'll see okay. the song. All right. But that's dangerous. Is that to da- I was going to say, that's a little Google. dangerous. I never say look stuff up on Google. <laughs> but uh, it was super funny. And she, I think she uh, hashtagged it homeschool whack job. Or you know you're a homeschool whack job when <laughs> you're dancing to your sister's piano. But it was really fun. It was super cool. And I, <laughs> I told her that. Cute. I said yeah. it was funny. It's the kind of thing our kids would do, so that's probably why it appealed to me. <laughs> Secondly, we have a guest in the studio tonight. I know. I keep hearing her. Walking. Oh, she's panting oh, now. Oh, no, she's panting. Yeah, I keep Betty, her, her the surf tail. dog. Yeah, is uh, in the in the uh, studio with us, and she was sleeping so quietly until we just got started. No, now she's got her little head on your leg. Wow, this is perfect. Uh, and again, she's picked up some followers on this uh, podcast. So again, <laughs> if you want to follow her on Twitter, it's at Betty the Surf Dog or Instagram. Or on Facebook. It's all the same. It's Betty the Surf Dog on all of them. She's in the show notes. I just love that she's picking up a following. And she has some killer adventures that she posts <laughs> photos of. So it's pretty awesome. So, oh, she posts them? Well, well I post them for her. So oh, that's cool. that's part of uh, the my fluff time. And then lastly, we have some new Patreon listeners. And they are Ultimate Homeschool Radio uh, show hosts. Um, Hal and Melania, who've been on our show a bunch of times. Shout it out. It's crazy, you people. Love these but, guys. But... Um, it just reminds me that we are part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, which is a network of podcasters all about homeschooling. And there's some great shows over there, not just Hal and Melanie Young, but you know, head on over to ultimateradioshow.com and you can find um, a whole bunch of different podcasts. We're not the only ones doing this. Lots of homeschool whack jobs. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we're super excited to be a part of a network like that. So head on over and check that out. Is that enough fluff time for now? Excellent. All right. Hey, Fletch. Yes? I think that anybody who's listened in the last 
couple of months knows that our sponsor is Caroline's Coffee. That's right. But they do not know what you're drinking tonight. Well, tonight I am drinking organic biodynamic Brazil Fazenda Floresta <laughs> Coffee. Wow. Can you believe that? Yeah. That is a good, long... Sounds like maybe a Hispanic Catholic name. <laughs> okay. So I love their coffee in general, and I really love this coffee, but I'm just going to read the description right from Caroline's Coffee. Um, take a listen to this. Our coffee this week comes from the highlands of Brazil. It's a biodynamic farm, meaning that they go beyond standard organic practices to ensure the health and harmony of their land. They treat the soil as a living organism, and their coffee is grown under trees, and they use crop diversity and manure from their own animals wow. to fertilize their fields. I didn't pick up any manure notes in this cup <laughs> of coffee. Probably a good thing. Um, but anyhow, it's just this idea that they take great care to source their coffee from great farms around the world. Mm-hmm. and. Folks, I want you to do this for me. I want you to head over to Caroline's Coffee. You can order anything off their website. Teas, coffees, supplies, anything you want. And then when you check out, use our code, which is H-I-R-L. If you want more information, you can go to our website, homeschoolingirl.com slash coffee. But you need to click through and you need to do this. You know, we can continue to bring you great shows because we have great sponsors. And we just would love for you to partner with us and go over and support them. Caroline'sCoffee.com. All right, Ken, so let's get started with tonight's show. We said that this was going to be a suite of three episodes, and this is on homeschool budgets. And it came in from a listener named Desiree who wrote to us, and she wrote us a really lengthy email. And I asked her, hey, could you call this into the show? So she did. And I think she just took her email and then read it to us. But this is a great series of questions because she Mm -hmm. asked a few. So uh, I'm going to play this for us and for our listeners. Uh, Take a listen to this question. Listening to your podcast has helped me to see that my main area of hope shifting is to money. Despite making it to midlife and my husband providing a great income for our family, we still seem to have more emergencies than savings. The expenses of having teens and facing college is much more challenging than we anticipated. Homeschoolers often have a unique set of financial challenges. We're one income. We often start our family early. We have large families. We need a home and yard big enough to give everyone some space to roam. Educational costs like curricula, outside classes, expenses for things like music lessons or sports are paid for by our family and not the public school. What are some good financial decisions you've seen other homeschool families make in light of these factors? How do you combat hope shifting to money or a particular trend in Christian circles like paying off your house early? And the $84,000 question, how do you pay for college? And finally, Are young adults really financially independent when they leave home, or should parents expect to cover some of their expenses for a while? Thanks. Wow. So this is a great, great email. Yeah. One of the best we've ever had. You know, she said the $84,000 question. 
You know why? Because that's about how much college is going to cost you. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> and and I'm just so appreciative, Desiree, that you asked so many good questions. These are these are maybe hard ones that don't get asked um, in convention. We've said that about our podcast. Yeah, like we we deal with topics that maybe aren't always said. So there's all this wonderful like rah rah. Let's homeschool. This is great. But then okay. Let's talk practical. Yeah, let's <laughs> like, get serious. How do we, yeah, how do we do this? Um, and when she says that homeschoolers tend to have larger than normal families, you know, that could be four kids. And four kids is a lot at $84,000 a pop. You know? Yeah, or so... Four kids is a lot with everybody playing a sport that requires a uniform and, you know, traveling, Travel, yeah. and whatever. So, yeah. And, you know, what we're going to do, uh, Desiree, and for all of our listeners, is we are going to split these into three shows. So the first one is the homeschool budget. The second one we're going to talk about is the $84,000 question, paying for college. Yes. And then the third, we're going to swing back to our old favorite, hope shifting and money, yeah. and, and really kind of build up to that episode. So... Why don't we dive into this homeschool budget question, Kendra? Um, she said some things that, like you just said, are really specific to homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to have a one-income family. Yes, true. We, we tend um, to need bigger homes because we start early and we have bigger families. Mm-hmm. But in fact, we have a lot of listeners who, as as they've written into us, you know, they're small families. So I don't want to just grab on to that picture of homeschooling. True, yeah. So let's really approach this from, even if you just have one or two. Sure, and I the reality is, depending on what your what the one income is, two kids could be, you could be hand to mouth every month. Right, so, exactly. I mean, yeah, it just depends on, who, you know, circumstances, area of the countries that you live in, you know. So, one, yeah, one of the things that in pre-production, we were talking through this, one of the things you wanted to go down, and I want to go down, is this idea that you may not be prepared, you know, as a young family, mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten kids. Uh, when they're young, you're, you're not thinking of what's coming down the pike. Because when they're right. young, it is easy. Sure. And you could say, well, you know what? We're not going to take the Jimboree classes or we're not going to do the little, you know, Yamaha music courses or whatever at preschool. It's just not necessary. We'll, we'll have them in Sunday school. You know, we'll do some other things, maybe library story time. Those are some of the things we did, right? Because sure. we kept it free. Yeah. Um, a lot, you know, what else? Free days at the zoo. All of those kind of things that you can do for free when they're young. And, and we thought, well, this is great. You know, this is what we'll continue to do. But we you, we didn't have a lot of foresight that made us see what was coming down the pike. Things like a summer theater camp at $125 a pop or, um, or winter camp with the youth group at $150. Yeah. Youth group, all all the, anything youth group. group. Right. Yeah. So, you know, come to hockey night, you'll need to bring $10, you know, just whatever, all those little expenses add up to lessons for things. Um, our daughters are going to a dance. Now it's a dress and shoes and, and on and on and yeah. on. So it's just those things that you don't necessarily think about when you've got young ones that, that come down the pike as your kids get older and get involved in things. And I think most of us want to see our kids involved in things, social events, um, any anything where they're they're just involved in activities. So those are extra expenses for sure. And you need to be thinking about it when they're little because you're making decisions on things like family size. Sure. And you're making decisions on things like 
where we're going to live. In fact, our, our listeners know we're trying to move, and we, you know, this is like a year-long process, <laughs> because we're selling a very unique piece of property out in the middle of nowhere. But we're trying to move in town because this is something we didn't think of when we started homeschooling when they were little. Of course. Now, when they were little, no one had as many, you know, like we said, uh, lessons or uh, sporting events or any a church, you know, any youth group. I mean, we were our youth group. <laughs> you know, we, yeah, right. we were the family. But um, as as we've seen that, like, driving in and out of town, we would have made a different decision had we had eyes back then to look forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, because you got to think about the fact that we have two extra drivers in our home right now. So there's four of us driving. They share a car, unless one of them can grab the work truck, <laughs> which isn't always reliable. But now you've got that extra gas money. Um, you've got insurance. You've got the cost to get them their own license, right? I mean, there's costs for getting yes, right, school, traffic and insurance school. Insurance and, and everything. Yeah. And in fact, we, you know, we just talked about extracurricular activities on last week's episode episode. Mm-hmm. But you got a neat email from a friend who's, they're hurlers, but they're also friends in real life. And we, we've gotten to meet them a few times. They were from Southern California and they were weighing the option of moving out to the country. Yes. And you, you know, as we were driving down to Southern California, you were asking me the question, you know, what are the real expenses, you know, living out where right. we did? And we were talking about the cost of yard maintenance. And even if it's just agricultural land, you have agricultural expenses You've with that pay and fertilizer for water. and yeah. water and and getting the weeds off your property and getting mm-hmm. the trees taken care of you know so you know i i was very, i was i thought it was awesome that that mom was asking you that question cuz she's doing exactly what we're talking about now think about the future before you get there right and their kids are younger they're on the younger side and so there were some things she said that's exactly what I wanted to hear because that's not, you know, we're not there yet. And part of that would be just how many times a day or week we have to go into town. Um, And so, yeah, there's a little bit of like, you need to look down the pike here. Um, Even if your kids aren't going to be heavily involved in sports or theater or dance or music or other active chess club, you know, other activities, um, there will be going in and out of town. There will be extra cars. There will be, you know, those kind of things. So, and I did like, well, I mean, she asked this question. I said we should avoid it. But there are whole other podcasts here, maybe not homeschooling in real life podcasts, but on family size. Yes. And on property size mm-hmm. and on living outside of, you know, on big pieces of property and space. Right. There is a thread there in homeschooling families to do that. And I think the conversation is on, you know, you know, why, how do you make those decisions? And this idea of escapism, I, I we're not going to have it tonight, but I mm-hmm. just think there's, it's starting to make me think that there's another conversation we could have in mm-hmm. here on, on some of these decisions that homeschoolers make on yeah. let's get out of town, off the grid. let's get off the grid and yeah. stuff. And, and, you know, we're not going to go there now, but anyhow. Um, so at this point, you know, what I would say is, um, and Desiree knows this cause she said, they're already thinking this way, though, as she wrote in, is you do need to have a budget and you should have the famous uh, one year, five year, 10 year plan. Like, what is coming up? Let's think about this. Um, mm-hmm. We've had, and I think on our third episode in this suite, we'll have Bill Knoyer back on if we can get him back in front of the microphones. He's so busy, but I'm hoping we can get him back in. We talked to to him about financial strain during the holidays, but he's a financial planner and he would tell you, you know, it's prudent to make plans for the future. And, you know, next week we're going to be talking about college 
And some families just purely save for that. Other families have a plan in different ways. And I look forward to talking about that next week with you. So, Kendra, this idea of a budget, um, we're going to go down a couple paths here with our listeners about answering the question that Desiree is asking, which is, what are some good decisions that we have seen in the 19 years that we've been homeschooling, or 20 years, what are some good decisions that we've seen uh, families make? But before we get there, let's take a quick break, and we'll jump right back in. You know, Kench, it seems only appropriate while we're talking about the homeschooling budget on this episode uh, to mention that we have our own budget at Homeschooling in Real Life, and that is met in two different ways. First, through sponsors, and the second, through some of our listeners who have decided to join with us on Patreon and become patrons of our podcast. We are very thankful for those people who have said, you know what, we believe in what Fletch and Kendra are doing over at Homeschooling in Real Life, and we want to help support them. And you know what, we feel strongly and actually called to encourage homeschooling families in a different way. I mean, like we've said, even on this episode, uh, you are going to hear things that aren't spoken about at the homeschooling convention that you attend. Right. And so we would like to maybe put a bug in your ear that perhaps this could be part of your homeschool budget this year. You know, for a dollar a month, for $5 a month, $10, even 25 whatever you can chip in, if you would become a sponsor of this show, you become part of the voice behind what we are doing. And I tell you, it is a lot easier to do what we do, right, Kendra, when we have cheerleaders behind us? Absolutely. Hey, head on over to homeschoolingirl.com slash Patreon, and you can find out how you can become one of our patron sponsors of this show. We're back, and we're talking about the homeschool budget. Fletch, Desiree asked what good decisions we have seen others make or we have made in terms of budgeting for homeschooling. Yeah, so why don't we start uh, just with our own experiences? Because we've made some good decisions. We have, and I, I, you know, what's funny is I remember that 19 years ago when we started homeschooling, we did not join up with the charter school. We didn't, you know, we didn't do anything with kids in, in a government school situation or in a private school. Cause I know some private schools have homeschool programs and whatnot. We didn't have that. We don't have that in our community. And so we just made the choice to homeschool privately and my homeschool budget. Do you know what it was for probably no. the first five years or so of our homeschooling? No. It was $25 a month. 25 bucks a month. Yeah. That, I don't know if I, you know, here's the deal. I don't know if there are listeners right now going, are you kidding me? <laughs> that is so, that is so much money. Or if they're going, are you kidding me? How could you do 25 a month? <laughs> well, and I realized it was, you know, 19 to 14 years ago, if I'm saying it was about yeah. five years of that, but $25 a month. And that included pencils and crayons and paper and, you know, all, all of those kind of things as yeah. well. Um, I don't think I spent it. I don't think I ever like capped that <laughs> until our kids hit high school. Okay. And at high school, um, things got more expensive. You know, we, we used a, the one of a Veritas press curriculum, high school materials. And I remember that textbook was a hundred dollars. 
just for that one textbook. And it was sort of like, whoa, you know, at the time, um, of course, now I think we're used to spending more um, in, because we're, we just know, you know, high school costs okay. a little bit more. But the most I ever spent in one year was $1,000, and that was for six kids. Okay. So we have listeners right now who are listening. They have very little kids, Mm -hmm. and you're throwing numbers around. Can I ask just a clarification question? Mm -hmm. When they get older like that, is that a one-time purchase? Okay. See, now that's an excellent question because – and when I said $1,000, I don't mean per month. (laughs) It was $1,000 for the entire year. And um, this is the bonus about a $100 textbook. We still have that $100 textbook. Right. Five kids have used that. Okay, because that's what I was remembering. You know, even when they went into some of that higher math. Yeah. And we we lumped in with – Teaching textbooks. Right. And it was expensive. I remember it being expensive. Yeah, I think that's 125 or something yeah, and like then that. Yeah. When we bought it, though, every kid had used it. Yes. And it was like, well, yeah. it was, it was expensive break, if there's you break one that kid. down and, you know, it's yeah. 20 bucks a kid or whatever. So. so talking to Desiree's question about, you know, these large families, you know, <laughs> there's just a lot that could be shared. Sure. Okay, so so there there's some real numbers. Uh, but we certainly did take part in other things that lowered our costs and a lot of times it was out of necessity. And this is um, something she didn't ask about specifically, but you know, there are a lot of people who cannot teach certain subjects sure. because they're so over their heads as parents. Mm-hmm. And so what do homeschoolers love to do? They love to co-op. And a lot of times co-ops are just free sharing of resources. Mm-hmm. So I'll teach poetry because that's my yeah. strength. Oh, you're going to teach math and you're going to do... Uh, the dissections uh, in the back counter. You know know what I mean? So there are some things that you can group do and the costs go way down because rather than buying a dissecting frog for every kid in your family and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, the teacher that does it buys one and all the kids kind of jump on and watch. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a very practical thing. That we that we've it done. Is. Yeah, it is practical. It, and for some reason, this reminds me, because my brain is obtuse, I think, it reminds me of my mom having grown up in a very blue-collar home um, in Hollywood, which is, you know, it was probably a bit of an expensive place to live at the time. Um, and her mom would take them to the dental school for their dental work, you know? Right. And, and I remember the thing my mom always said is that her mom would say, we have more time than we have money. Yeah. And so, you know what? We can sit here at the dental school for a three hour appointment if it's going to cost us $10 right. as opposed to 100 And I think that is sort of the same kind of mindset we need to have when we choose to do this. We, we have more time or we have more energy. It's going to cost you more in work. You know, if you get together with a friend and you say, you teach math, I'll teach English, whatever, right. it will take effort on your part to do that. It will take more time for you to, to create something for 25 kids now that you're in your co-op that you're teaching rather than just your two or three. But look, you might not have the money, but God has given you other resources, which may be other homeschoolers, time, um, you know, the ability to do something a little unconventional. All right. So so let me ask you a question as the seasoned homeschool mom. Um, Say, for example, one of our listeners, you know, has, you know, they're just kind of scratching the surface of homeschooling. And that's a lot of our listeners. So if that's you and you're listening right now going, yeah, we're just, you know, we're in the preschool or the kindergarten ages. Okay. So homeschooling's coming up and you're trying to figure out what is this going to cost? Or you may be thinking it's going to cost a lot. 
So you go to a homeschooling convention <laughs> and you start walking around that homeschooling floor and you get overwhelmed oh, yeah. with the amount of curriculum. And then you start taking a peek and you look at a, you know, um, XYZ curriculum and your husband's there with you or, or, you know, you're there and your wife's there with you and they're going, $300? Are you kidding me? <laughs> we can't afford $300 for our kids to learn whatever. So Kendra, can you address this idea? Can you, can you, um, talk some people off the ledge who are just saying this is going to be so expensive Yeah. because in fact, what have you found out? Well, the bottom line is here we are in 2016 as we're recording this. And the truth is you could homeschool entirely for free. Yeah. That's now, what I wanted you, you to say. You have to buy <laughs> pencils and you have to buy crayons, sure. and, you know, that kind of thing. But no preschooler needs a $300 curriculum. Right. No kindergartner needs a $300 curriculum. No first grader needs a... Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Now, yes. again, once you get into junior high, high school ages, yes, there are some. there is some, some investment you're probably going to have to make. But in those early years, I would say, I would venture to say K through sixth, you could homeschool entirely for free. And in fact, could continue to do that through junior high and high school if you avail yourself of online resources that are free. So what are those? What have you seen people doing? Like, is it just like, just go camp at the library? Well, yeah, you could definitely camp at the library. I'll tell you one thing that's kind of interesting. Our our sixth grader this year has a December birthday. And so you know this. I'm telling you this like you don't know, but for our listeners. In fact, I do know this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, well, she she's on that grade fence. And we kept her as a sixth grader rather than putting her into seventh grade. But this year, we have made the decision to bump her up to eighth grade. So in the fall, she'll be an eighth grader. And so I wasn't really quite sure about where she was math-wise um, because we use Rod and Staff math. Um, and, and one of the reasons we, we do love Rod and Staff is it's ridiculously inexpensive. That's not the only reason we love it, but it makes it completely accessible for a huge family. Um, but because Rod and Staff tends to be about a grade level ahead in their math books, I was looking at her sixth grade text and, and trying to see where she'll be if she jumps into an eighth grade math. Does that make sense? Right. And so... Um, and that's because, in fact, we're leaving Rod and Staff at about that age. We are for her. Yeah. For her, yes. And it's, it's, that's kind of a long story yeah. I won't get into. Right, right. But I went to the library and I looked at... in this, And I'm talking about our little rinky-dink library here in our tiny... How many people live in this little town? 7,000? 8,000 people? Wow. That many? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think when we moved here, it was 4,000. But anyway, I'm not talking about you know the large town we live near that has a much more comprehensive library system. I'm talking about our little, you know, county library here that might have fewer books than we have in our home. <laughs> but I looked at the math section and I was able to pull some things that were, you know, eighth grade standard math kind of stuff or whatever and look through them and see where she was. Now, I'm telling you this because you can go stand at a library, particularly if you have a large one or you have one that will give you interlibrary loan privileges and you can craft all kinds of curriculum just in your library alone. Yeah. Now, you, again, you're going to have to be the mom or the dad that says, I've got more time than I have money. Yes. You know, um, but it is entirely possible to do doable. That. It and is doable. This is what your heart is. Mm -hmm. 
you're willing to do the hard things sometimes. Yes. I do have a friend also who says, you know, the uh, byline for Nickelodeon is preschool on TV. So, <laughs> and funny. we kid about that, but there really are some fabulous videos for kids. You know, there there are hundreds of thousands of kids who have learned the alphabet from Sesame Street. I mean, that's just a fact. There and are those kind of resources available. I think John Wilkerson, our friend over at uh, um, the Wired Homeschool, he has done a show on homeschooling with Netflix. Yes. I think if you search his site, right. you'll find a blog post or a podcast where he talks about um, resources on Netflix for homeschooling. So yeah, well, so now those that, are the... no, but see now, Fletch Netflix requires a subscription, and I was thinking that you know our little special needs guy, his one of his favorite shows is Peppa Pig, and he watches all of his little Peppa Pig episodes on YouTube. Okay, so again, we we're in 2016. There are so many resources. Right. Um, for every homeschooling family that's coming in to homeschooling this year, mm-hmm. there's going to be one that's leaving mm-hmm. because they're graduating kids out. That's right. So you know, getting into a, a homeschool curriculum buyback program where you yes. can get things cheaper, or you know, there are people that are that say. I'm done homeschooling. Yeah. Come pick through my stuff. Oh, there you know, are. Avail your, yourself of those things. Find your local Facebook groups. Um, we have two two large towns near us. I mean, we're kind of smack in the middle of two larger towns. And both of them have a Facebook page for homeschoolers in the area. And people are always posting like, hey, I've got this for sale. Or, hey, anybody want this? Come get it. Um, I'm trading, whatever. So we find those groups. So you, we have that. We have uh, the other big one I just want to mention in, in um, passing before we take another quick break. And that's Khan Academy. We've used Khan Academy. And the whole oh, concept constantly. of Khan Academy was to provide a free education to the world. Yes. So Sal Khan, who started Khan Academy, which is K-H-A-N um, Academy.org. He hit that's that's entirely why he did it. He said, I want my nephews to have a free education. He was doing these videos for his nephews originally. And he his whole thing is that he feels everybody in the world deserves a free education. You can do so much just well, on Khan Academy. In fact, I wanted a little refresher on the physiology of the um, cardiopulmonary system. So I went on to uh, Khan Academy and I listened to the whole um, cardiopulmonary on the Mm -hmm. anatomy section and physiology. I mean, again, just in passing, you can go get lost on that page. Yeah. MIT also has open courses that are available. iTunes University. Yes. You can sit in on major universities' lectures on philosophy, on religion. Yeah. Um, You can take a philosophy course from Princeton. Right. On iTunes. Are crazy. you kidding me? I know. It's crazy. You know, I just, I can't believe this. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, our listeners know, I think that there are those resources for younger kids as well. You know, the other thing I wanted to mention is that our library has partnered with an app called Hoopla. And uh, I know there's another one out there. So check your library. I'm not sure what the others are called, but your library likely partners with one of these free sites. Um, and what's so fantastic about it is that you just log in with your library card number and you're on, you're in and you can download uh, audiobooks, ebooks and video and i think some music as well yeah you can go to your computer but i i'm using it on my phone me too yeah um i'm listening to ragamuffin gospel the audiobook by brendan manning yes oh and in fact i listened to unoffendable by brant hansen who's one of our past guests on the episode how the gospel makes us unoffendable that was available on hoopla for free the kids are listening to everything from uh the frozen book for Mighty Joe, he yeah. loves that book, you know, to some other like Mo Willems favorites and things like that. And 
Banana. We're listening to all kinds of classics. We're just constantly listening to audiobooks for free from the Hoopla app. So it exists. It's out there. All right. So we are throwing a bunch of ideas at you, but we need to take another quick break. Um, Let's hear from one of our favorite podcasters, and we'll be right back. Hey, Hurlers, this is John Wilkerson, host of The Wired Homeschool, another podcast you can find at thewiredhomeschool.com. Since 2010, I've been providing tech, tools, and tips for homeschooling the internet generation. If you're looking for the right tablet for your tweens, an online resource for drilling math facts, or need to know if Yik Yak is safe for your teens, stop on by and have a listen. Each week, I cover STEM-related topics, discuss social media trends, or interview great guests that will equip your homeschool in the ever-changing digital landscape. Visit thewiredhomeschool.com and stick me in your ears, and together, we can get your homeschool wired. So, Fletch, there's another big one that that the homeschool movement doesn't like to talk about. Oh, well, then you know that you and I would love to talk about it because if (laughs) if homeschoolers don't want to talk about it, I sure do. Yeah. And this is the idea of charters. Now, what I have learned as I've spoken around the country is that California is a big charter state, charter school state. Okay. um, Homeschool charter in particular. So I'm not talking about schools that are charter schools that are, you know, technology schools or art schools or, you know, that kind of thing. I'm talking about homeschool programs under the umbrella of the government in a charter school. Okay. So the concept here is our tax money. Mm Mm-hmm. That we pay every year, that I pay, like coming up in two weeks, I'm weeping about. (laughs) Um, It goes into the state uh, fund. Yes. And then those funds are used to educate our children. Right. And some of those money, you know, in every school district is, um, uh, what are they, bargaining for that money. And Mm -hmm. there are some school districts that have charter schools in them that are asking for that same money. So everybody in the state puts the money in. And then all the schools ask for that money, and they try and fill up their classrooms so they can get more money from the state. It's all about the bottom line. So charter schools, which have come on, have said, um, homeschoolers, come work with us because we get more money, right? Right. Right. And so what's the controversy? Okay. Well, I think you and I are uniquely positioned to talk about this because for the first 16 years, the first 16 years, the first 16 years of our homeschool journey, we were very much anti-charter school. You and I. Yeah. We were not going to take anything that the government was going to give us. Right. Right. We didn't want the free computers. We didn't want the free curriculum. We didn't want the free paper, the pens, the laminators, <laughs> everything that came with being in the charter school because we could do it ourselves. And what have we seen in that time? What are some of the reasons that people have? Well, one of the reasons that I hear about often is um, people will say, render under Caesar what is Caesar's, but my children are not Caesar's. Therefore, I'm not giving the government my children to indoctrinate. They're not the government's. Right. Okay? Or they don't want to give up their... Um, put their kids in the system at all. Right. They don't want, the right. S- they don't want their names the in there. They don't want the state to know about they the system. Right, exactly. They okay. don't want the state to know about their kids. About yeah. their kids, right. Yeah. So those are some reasons they don't want to get Well, involved. and another reason that I hear is people say, you know, it's a leash. It's a very short leash, and it's going to get shorter and shorter, and then, you know, zip, they're going to own your kids. Okay, Kench. So we were there. Now, what makes us uniquely um, positioned to talk about... <laughs> The other end of it. Because for the last three years, we have availed ourselves of the charter school system. Okay. Yeah. So. so, and part of that was that we didn't even know that just eight miles from our home is a charter high school homeschool program um, that was 
had everything we were really looking for for our high schoolers at that time. And it's two turns. One turn and another turn. Yeah. Eight miles. Straight from our house, right. We're exactly. there, yeah. Right, and didn't even know it existed. Now, at the time, we decided to do this. We had, well, initially we decided to do it and then ended up, you know, that was the kid who, who just fought us all the way that he needed to be in school. And when we gave him that opportunity, he then eventually turned it down. Yeah. <laughs> so that we scrapped that. But just three years ago, we have um, a daughter who's a junior now. When she was a freshman, that girl is so science-minded. And I am not, and I'm sorry, but the science education that I can give kids at home is not good. I'm just going to call it what it is. And so even if I do apologia with them, you know, or do whatever those science things are with them, um, we've used science shepherd, we really liked and whatnot. I had, I just abandoned them in it. I didn't have the time. I didn't have the desire. I didn't have the knowledge. All of those things were the perfect storm for a really crummy high school science education. Now, it didn't really matter with our first two. They've done fine in their college science classes. They're not getting science degrees. It's fine. They have an okay foundation. But then along comes our son, our 18-year-old now, who, who wants to major in biology. That is his thing. He's at junior college right now, but he's majoring in biology. And our daughter, very science headed girl. And also, at that charter school, the science teacher went to our church. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what kind of got us in the door there, if <laughs> right. you remember. And we, we hired her as a private tutor. We did. She tutored our, our son in biology at home. She essentially just took everything she was doing in the classroom and did it with him one-on-one. And we paid her. And I wrote that check out and I thought, what the heck am I doing? Why yeah. am I doing this? He could be in a classroom setting. Now, this particular homeschool charter is not even traditional hours. You can, there are kids in this homeschool charter who never set foot on campus during right. the week. So you can homeschool, you can do all your classes at home, you can do them online, you can do them in, in the classes they offer. Don't say this. In there, any people combination. are going to start moving here. I know. It's a fantastic I kind of hybrid. I don't want people to find out about this. <laughs> I know. It's really great. And there's 150 kids in the high school program. Yeah. So it's small, It's um, and it is, by and large, very committed Christian families. And, right. and there are, of course, there are some that are not. Um, but that, that lends itself to some wonderful conversations and relationships that our kids have with kids who aren't right. in the bubble. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so it's been a perfect fit for us. And we did have to jump over that government hurdle, Fletch, because we had said for 16 years, we staunchly were not going to do the charter thing. And really, we're not going to go into too much more of this on the air. But, you know, if you had time to buy us a cup of coffee. Yeah, we'll you tell you the see, whole detailed You story. would see a, a, a homeschool family that is just, we're so much more peaceful. Um, were, and, and and part of it was letting go of some fear. Sure. And there's more to that, but we're not going to go into it on this episode. And we're not here to say, Hey, rah, 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 you should put your kids in a charter program. That's not what we're saying. We're just showing you kind of where our journey and what we have chosen to do. And you know, Fletch, I, I told you before we recorded this episode that recently when I spoke, um, at a convention, I took my mic off during the Q and a, and I looked at them and I said, I don't want this recorded. Cause I, I think you guys can hear my heart. I don't know that our listeners necessarily could hear our heart and see it in our eyes and have that discussion with us over a microphone in their earbuds. Yeah. So that is a conversation that we could sit down and have, I think across the table even if you disagreed with us at right. the end, right, right, you right. could hear our hearts in this. Um, so 
All that to say that if you are of the mindset that says, look at my tax dollars are going into the government school system, I'm going to avail myself of what I have put in yeah. and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take that opportunity out. I will take what the charter schools are offering um, for homeschoolers. Then that is an option. Um, if not, if you are dead set on not doing anything with the government and not partnering, we hear you. We understand that. Thank we were you. there. Yeah. We were there. Um, and there, who's to say we wouldn't be there again? That's just, you know, I, we're, we're not we're not pro either side. Yeah. We are we are understanding of both sides. Um, but every there are, kid, every year. Yeah. That's how we make our decisions in education. Mm-hmm. Every child, every year. We might have a child who this isn't going to work for. Yeah. Because of one reason or another, they need to be in our home. Yeah, exactly. And we'll keep them in our home. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they get our heart. And Desiree, you asked us specifically, you know, um, what are some of the good decisions people have made? For a lot of people, this might not be a good decision. Sure. But for the Fletchers, this was a good decision. That's why we're yeah. sharing it. So, um, yeah, this is just another one. And and by being there, there's zero expenses. Right. Zero Right. In fact, um, they were even given laptops because some of their classes are online. So therefore, they have to provide them a Google, yeah. a Chromebook. <laughs> and we said, although we do have fabulous. to drive there, so there is a yeah. gas expense that we didn't have. <laughs> right. But, right. Um, but the what's come from that on the side has been great relationships. Oh yeah. Uh, with people that don't know Jesus. Yes. And we've really had the opportunity to get to know them. So enough of that you think is enough on that I hope so. More? And I you know, we didn't give we didn't give point by point steps or anything on how to create a homeschool budget. But I think when you're looking at your entire household budget, there does need to be a line item that's, you know, schooling or school related. Because even if you can do everything for free, you know, even if you're creating curriculum from the library, uh, using websites like homeschoolcreations.com, which is our friend Yolanta Herb. She's got tons of free printables on there that Let's are put that f- fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Homeschool Creations. Um, you know, even if you're doing all of that, you're going to want to take your kids on a field trip now and again, you know, and that costs yeah. money. Uh, I know there's expensive ones in our, in our region. The Monterey Bay Aquarium is expensive, you know, and then there are less expensive field trips. Let's go out and hike around a pond. That's free, yeah. you know, but you're going to want to do something uh, at least a couple of times a year that will cost money. So you need a line item for that. Okay. So financial fear, the homeschool budget, um, you young homeschool families that are looking ahead, um, look ahead, you know, grab like this young couple that asked us, uh, earlier, grab an older homeschool couple, ask them, Hey, what should we be aware of? What's coming up? Um, and then just realize if you had asked us 19 years ago, we had a different attitude towards everything and realize we had a naive attitude. Things <laughs> may change yes. in your life. Yeah. Uh, it might be a mighty Joe and a Caroline and a Lola going through uh, some crazy health things that, mm-hmm. that wake you up to maybe some different realities like yeah. it happened to us. So great discussion. Let's wrap that up there. All right. As always, you can reach out to us if you want to carry on this discussion a little more and maybe this week they want to talk to us more than ever based on some of the stuff we've <laughs> said. So uh, facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL. Tweet to us at homeschool IRL. And if you want to email us like a lot of these uh, folks have been doing in the last couple weeks, info at homeschoolingirl.com. 
Kendra, what do we have coming up in the rest of this Financial Fear series? Yeah, I'm excited because we are going to just continue to answer Desiree's questions. Our next episode is on college and how do you pay for that if that's in your kid's future. And then the last episode to wrap up this series is going to be about finances and hope shifting. Really good discussion. Something we love to talk about. You know, coming further down the pipe, we have our 100th episode. We're going to have a little bit of a celebration. Yeah. Um, We're going to be talking about this question, does mom have to be the teacher? Um, We have a great couple we're interviewing um, on part of another series we've done on homeschooling in uh, New York City. Um, This one is going to be homeschooling uh, in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah, They did a road trip last summer and talked about homeschooling out of a trailer while they were uh, traveling to Alaska. And not only that, but what's next for that family. So that'll be a fun, just an absolute fun one. We know these people in real life. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, loving the unlovable kid. Ooh, and then to continue that same series, we have a very close set of friends that live in Hawaii. And it's going to be homeschooling in Hawaii, which is pretty much the story of what I'd love to do. So that wraps up the show for this week, Kendra. Um, we have been handing out our personal handles on Twitter in case people want to reach us. If they want to reach you, Kendra E. Fletcher. And if you want to reach me, at The Mango Times. Same on Instagram, Fletch, because lots of people are, you know, clicking the double heart. Well, hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life. Don't forget, do us a couple favors. Head to iTunes, leave a review, uh, subscribe there. Head on over to Patreon.com and become a patron of ours and go to Caroline'sCoffee.com. Use the code HIRL. Um, Help support our supporters. And we just want to thank all of the individual patrons that are supporting homeschooling in real life. We could not do this without you. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com 